Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to the Matthew Talks podcast, where we talk about inspiring stories, give practical advice, and a community of support for entrepreneurs. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Matthew Talks podcast. I'm here with Miss Danielle Young. She's the owner of uh, Revival Eastside Eatery right here in Waco, Texas. Now, Danielle, I'd love to say thank you for coming on the show today. Excited to have you. I'd love to let you just introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about yourself and why Waco? Sure. Why Waco? That's a loaded question. They call it the Waco suck. Um, not that it's bad and sucks. It just kind of sucks you in after a while. Mm. Um, so my husband and I have been here for over a decade. We like to say that we're pre-Magnolia. I feel like that mm-hmm. gives us a little bit more credit in Waco. <laughs> um, so why Waco? We love the people. We have really great community here and um, just decided to build roots in terms of why Waco and Revival. Um, back in 2017, we had just moved back from a year in Austin. Um, longer story there, I'm, I have my doctorate, and so you sure. do a clinical internship. We matched in Austin at UT. And so um, during our time there, just really loved eating out and exploring. Mm. Really wanted a fun place that was not pretentious in Waco, where you could get a burger that had grass-fed beef wouldn't hurt your stomach and salads that don't have iceberg lettuce, Mm. which I know it doesn't sound novel, but at the time was really novel for Waco. And so fast forward, um, I told my husband, you know, how hard could it be to open a restaurant? Kept saying, no, restaurants are so hard. (laughs) Um, Everyone who told me restaurants are hard, they are exactly right. Mm. Um, But yeah, instead of complaining, we just decided to do it. And that's kind of how Revival was born. So when you so have you guys had any experience prior before Eastside in any of the restaurant industry? Yes and no. So okay. definitely have never opened a restaurant. Sure. This is the first one. Um, learned a lot in the process. Mm-hmm. I'm risk averse, and so with that, um, the way to make things less scary is to do research. Yep. And so um, I researched everything. I know how much every side of lemon garlic sauce cost. I know when I'm doing a meal, I need to just include like 
catch up with it, the paper. And so really just had a solid business plan to make revival less scary. In terms of food, had the best job I'll ever had at TCBY, which is the country's best yogurt um, in high school. And so really learned how to keep a clean space, learned mm. how to be kind and hospitable. Um, and so worked in kitchens in college, um, but it, and Starbucks, which is not a joke because you actually right. learn like how to be efficient yep. and how to, again, keep a clean space, how to um, do inventory. And so it was kind of able to take all of that in. But in terms of being a, a restaurant manager, definitely not have had to learn a lot of that on the fly. <laughs> so it's safe to say it's new industry for you to learn over the, how long have you have been in that industry with Revival? Yeah, so great question. We opened up in July 2019. 2019. So, okay, mm-hmm. so coming up four years now. I know, That's and a what a couple of years it's been. Sure. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And uh, a lot of growing pains <laughs> in that as well, though. I mean, we go back to COVID, and that season by itself is its own novel. Right. You know, and which really puts stress on you to, to flex in a different way because the restaurant industry, you're, I want to go sit down somewhere. Like you said, I want to find a place to go sit down, go on a date, whatever it may be, enjoy the space. But then when you close the doors, okay, how do you keep things rolling? Yeah. And we've, I, we've always just kind of laughed the laugh cry. They kind of are one in the same with COVID. Um, we completely had to change our business model mm. um, and did so because um, we didn't have online ordering right. and, um, overnight, literally when the governor shut down. Yeah. Okay, let's build our, we had a website, but didn't have the ability to place online orders. And so seamlessly did that in 18 hours to be able to open wow. the next day. We kept all our staff. We did family meals, which allowed us, which was a, a blessing in disguise, let sure. us get into catering without knowing it mm. um, and kind of opened up doors for us in Waco. It kind of, uh, what, what's the phrase, voluntold in a way, but uh-huh. <laughs> forced you to go in a direction. You're like, oh, that would have been nice, but. Right. In five years, we would have loved to. And it's like, <laughs> nope, just got to put your big girl pants on and figure out how to keep your business alive. Wow. Okay. Well, I love to get some history on why. You picked East Waco one. I know some of this backstory, but I want to pull this out because I love the story behind it. Um, it's my wife and I's favorite place to go for, to get a burger because of your heart and your vision of what you provide. We're in the same boat. It's hard to go somewhere and get something, you know, the ingredients are fresh, healthy, and aren't going to make you, your stomach upset. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So why East Waco? Um, we love Waco in general, love East Waco. So um, if you've we're in Waco a while. We probably heard of a place called Lula Jane's. And mm-hmm. so Nancy Grayson was the founder of Lula Jane's, operated her business for a little less than a decade. I believe it's about nine years and really set the stage for um, how to blend into a community, how to treat people well, how to balance mm-hmm. growth and um, more than coexist, like how to right. bless your area. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's something we really wanted to do and felt, felt like she set a good example and she, I would say, is my, um, still is business mentor in terms of like how to work hard, right. work harder than anyone, how to be efficient. Um, and so she, she was a blessing to us in starting Revival because she was an open book um, in terms of like how much does your electricity cost yeah. per month? How much is water? What do you, um, you know, how, how much is payroll? Is it really 20% for you um, when you're looking at your month? And so she was, um, she she was and still is great to both my husband and I. Um, and so with East Waco, um, we knew we wanted to be in East Waco. In terms of just restaurants, there's 
historically some great barbecue spots over there. There's a brewery, uh, Brotherwell Brewery, and all of them are great. And we just felt like this is a part of Waco that mm. would do well with with a spot like Revival. Um, we're super close to Baylor. For downtown, um, I think we're spoiled in Waco. We we are like, oh, there's no parking. <laughs> you can walk a block, right? Yeah. Um, and so for us... With East Waco, there's already existing culture there, and we love, mm. I think it's the arts district yep. of Waco, and I think that's only going to grow in the next couple of years. And so for us, owning our own building was really important for us that shows we're invested for good or for bad like we are here um and that allows us to make an impact and so um east waco was the spot yeah it's the dream spot so the building i know if correct me help me the history behind the spot you chose and how that came to be i feel like there's there's a story behind that as well and what it plays a part in east waco 100 percent, you're spot on um so when we bought the building it was vacant for about a decade and so prior to us it was the waco community baptist church Mm. and so the neat thing was is when we bought it and we would have people just drive by and tell us stories about growing up there um so like hopping off the school bus and like um going to an after school program there getting snacks getting bible stories um we had people who were like i i legit grew up in this church Mm. um and so for us that was just so sweet and um we hate that it closed but it obviously left such an impact and so that's where our name came from and so with revival Eastside eatery we fa- we feel like we're paying tribute to what it was most recently and um, what it is now and so revival obviously don't have to pull up a dictionary you no, know. it's yeah. kind of like this re- this rebirth and we feel like that's what's going on in east waco and um our small Revivals are a small part of it. Yeah, I I love that that view on it. And even beside the view, it's the heart behind restoring something that had meaning to other people in the community, which means that's also, I think, another way to show that you're invested is, okay, I'm going to take something that meant something to other people, and then I'm going to show that I care and turn it into something that is even creating a new atmosphere and providing needs within that part of the community. So that inside itself already, I think is bravo way to go. You know, that's, it's encouraging to see that because I think, you know, food industry is something really hard and difficult to manage. And a couple of things you've mentioned that I've picked up on is just kindness, being kind with how you treat, not just your employees, but your customers and then being efficient and being in, like I like to say, uh, having things in order, right? And if you can have those things in order, how much is power, how much is water, and knowing your overhead and cost, then you could successfully run a business as long as you're on it. But if you don't pay attention to those things, then, then not just you, but your staff, your team, all that plays a part in the culture which I know your culture is phenomenal, mainly because, you know, I mentioned my wife and I go there pretty often and we love it. We come back for that. We come back because we know the environment, we know what to expect and what's going to be delivered. Um, So I would love to dive into how do you establish such a a genuine culture with the people that you hire and the, the, I, I, I think turnaround may be an issue. I don't know if you have have problem keeping people on and but how do you maintain that integrity with your your staff throughout that door turning yeah so we are super blessed and i think we've put in the hard work but also we have great staff um so restaurant restaurants 
they have horrible turnover. I think it's a Panera. (laughs) I think within a year they have 100% turnover within a store, um, which is extremely high in restaurants in general. Um, What we do is we do a paid day of shadowing. And so we say, of course, a job is a job, but you shouldn't hate where you work. Mm. You should like the people. You should be decently excited about showing up to work. And so with the paid day of shadowing, it lets people try us out no strings attached, mm. and also lets us see their work style, how they treat people. Can they look in the, you know, for front of house, look at the dining room and say, okay, like these people need to be greeted. I need to make sure that they have napkins, need to fill up water. And are they moving? Are they observant? Because th- yeah. those are those are what they need. People yep. need to be successful. Yep. Are they kind, right? Um, for back of house, we kind of rotate through where someone, someone coming on board is going to spend a little bit time a little bit of time on dish, a little bit of time on prep, a little bit of time on the line, because that's what most of us do, right? Right. Um, so we feel like with that, it lets us just kind of see how people work, how they operate, how they like the culture. Are they going to buy mm. in? Sometimes it works, and we love it. They're back the next day. Other times we part ways, and the, like I said, there's no strings right. attached. Yeah. We'd rather know the first day than to waste that's money so and time training yeah. or waste wow. their time. So that, I feel like, helps us out. Um, In terms of staff turnover, it works both ways. I've had three employees that I've had since we opened almost four years ago, which is great. I love them. Um, And we have some people who are only going to make it six months with us Mm. because for front of house, it's kind of cyclical with the semester at Baylor. But I hope... You know, I hope once people make it past training, they stay with us for forever. Well, of course. Yeah. I mean, but that's <laughs> the dream. The dream would be is that you would have people that would want to do the same that you're doing for the community and cultivating that atmosphere where they can operate in their gift of whether it's generosity or kindness or just yeah. being, hey, I'm, I'm hospitable. I yeah. want to take care of you. I want you to feel that. I think that's a powerful trait that um, a lot of major businesses miss out on and in sense of keeping valuable employees on board because they don't take that time to invest or say, Hey, let's just see if this is going to even work instead of, okay, you're hired. Oh, wait, uh, what do we just do? Oh man. And then you have to grind that out and then nobody wants to be somewhere where they don't want to be. That's true. And you know that fast and you know, Honestly, within the first 10 minutes of someone's shift with us, we'll know whether or not it's a good fit. Mm. We let them finish the day sure. out, <laughs> um, <laughs> but, nice. we know, but we know, yeah. That's so funny that you can see that quick. And is that just because you can sense attitude, just their body language, like, oh, I got to go do another table or just... Yeah, I think it's... You one kindness is a big thing, and small things like, did they even show up, right? Mm. Are they on time? Were they early? Mm. Are they... The little things. Yeah, and I think all of that adds up to be a good employee. It's like the first 10 minutes before you even get there. It's like, okay, your clock's already started. Yeah. And that's that's so good, though, because I I, I grew up in that same mentality of like, okay, I'm, I'm not just going to be on time. I love to be early. I like to be prepared, and I want to make sure that, okay, when it comes in, it's an experience of, okay, if I'm going in, whether it's a job interview or having coffee or whatever, if I'm early, then I'm like, okay, I'm ready. I'm focused. Yeah. And if, if you show up late, what happens? You feel like you're behind and you have to catch up and then you're like, oh, I'm so sorry or vice versa. And in our culture now with jobs, especially food industry, it's you just want to be valued and taken care of at the end of the day. I mean, 
I, I would imagine if you go out to eat somewhere else, you're automatically thinking, okay, how's this server? How's oh my this? God, it's so hard to eat. <laughs> <laughs> like, my water is not full. I haven't been checked on. In three yeah. and a half minutes. I'm the worst eating out. Uh, my husband will definitely vouch for that. So how do you, how do you balance that with, you know, just personally who you are? Okay. If you wanted to go out and have a date with your husband, how do you balance turning that off? I know that that's probably going to be a challenge or difficult, but how do you balance that? I'm not going to lie to you. I can't turn it off. Sure. I'm just mm-hmm. observant. Yep. My, and I'm not someone to lower my standards. That's so good. So I will say sometimes I'm disappointed and that's okay. Disappointment is a part of life. It is. It is. But we can also grow from that disappointment. Okay, man, I've, I, in some regards, I'm the same way of I notice things, but I just kind of keep it to myself with, oh, is that, yep, that's, that's yeah. there. Okay. Mm-hmm. Just gonna. Oh, you didn't wash your hands before mm-hmm. you brought me my food. Mm-hmm. 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 Was he just in the bathroom? <laughs> yep, he was. Okay. Wow. Cool. And then, but those things, I think there is validity in saying at the end of the day, if we let those things continue to slide, then how are we going to raise other people up to go hi- like a higher standard? And, you know, wherever we are within our beliefs of what we believe that's even a greater responsibility to say, okay, you know, with this being a church, man, imagine if that, if that church was still running and then they say, Hey, you want to buy our building? Well, what are you going to use it for? What's going to be in it? They're not going to sell it to be a smoke shop. Like (laughs) they want it to have a purpose and still provide value to the community with a good intention and a good heart behind it. So I think there's a lot of valuable lessons to be learned in that of just paying attention and being observant. I think we, take for granted not observing and we get so focused on what's going on in our life and not slow down to say, Oh, what did, did he, did he drop that fork and put it back in the napkin or did he give me a fresh one to take, you know, that extra step? Yeah. And one thing I try and teach our new staff is I want you to predict a customer's needs. Mm. It's like, what do you mean? I'm like, he crumbled his napkin. So go, Bring him a napkin. Don't even ask if he needs it. Just drop him down. Just don't interrupt their meal. Drop him down. You see ketchups that are empty. Go get them another one. Just be on top of it. Because our goal is they never have to ask for anything. Mm. You shouldn't have to get up. And my staff know if someone has to come over to check out or kind of step up. Most of the time they've never been before, so they just don't know. But, yeah, right. Um, my goal, my goal. I'm like, we just want, we want it to be the perfect lunch yeah. for them even though we're fast casual no we just, sure we want to be like the elevated mm-hmm. um yeah and someone once gave us the compliment of everyone's so friendly it's like a ni- nicer chick-fil-a <laughs> that's <laughs> awesome like, oh that's like that's, that's not like the an great ins- right? no that's it's the greatest great. compliment you can get they're consistent <laughs> and it is their pleasure to serve you right mm-hmm. um so that friendliness i think is something we can take from another business and apply to ours Sure. And I think there's great role models out there that can instill and challenge us to raise the bar in a new way or not even a new way, but just in a way that hasn't been standardized. If that makes sense. It's, you know, Chick-fil-A, it's always my thank you or my pleasure. So every time I say thank you, I know it's coming. Right. But, and then it's every time, like just the same way you're expressing, we want to predict what they're going to ask. And if you can do that, then you eliminate them thinking, oh, well, they're not taking care of me. Right. That's my biggest fear is that people will leave upset that they mm. didn't have a good experience and you take that to heart. And sure. Yeah. yeah. So now I want to, I want to get into uh, just some challenges. I know we, we talked about COVID and how that 
forced you to go into doing something totally different. Um, what are some, what are, what's, I guess you could say a, a season in the last four years that have been uh, a challenging moments that, that you have overcome and built. Okay. We've been able to solve these things that have come up and come out for the better on the back end. Yeah. I, th- I know people are probably tired of hearing about COVID, but for the restaurant industry mm-hmm. that really just changed the way that we operate. Um, and so I think challenges were how do we, how do we keep staff? How do we not as business owners show that we're afraid? Cause I think in the beginning of COVID, no one knew, right? No. I think I was like, oh, it's two weeks, we'll be closed. And then right. three months and we're still, we can't operate fully. And so I think just kind of being creative and thinking ahead um, are ways in which we will, we were able to kind of manage COVID, mm, you know, yep. challenges of, okay, we, we can't get the kale that we normally get, the right. chicken, we can't. Things change. Right. You're trying just, to scramble. Yeah. So I think, you know, that was the constant struggle. Mm. I think now is food cost and yeah. inflation and we haven't necessarily raised our prices to match that. Um, so that's kind of our current challenge is how do we, how do we approach that? What do we do? Mm. And then construction, which if you live in Waco, yep. you know that there's construction all around. It's great. It's a blessing and a curse. It mm-hmm. shows signs of growth and improvement, but it also can hurt the small businesses. So our street right in front of us will be blocked off completely. There'll just be a huge pile of dirt <laughs> and no access to our buildings. Oh, so man. That makes me scared, and sure. I think that is probably our biggest mm. challenge that we'll have to face and um, trying to get ahead of it in terms of being creative. So, yeah. okay, the city won't provide access legally. They have to. How do I advocate for my business? Wow. Um, who do I talk to? What do I need to do? So we're trying to turn our back door into our front door. Okay, yeah. Right. And our dumpster's out there. It's not pretty. Right, um, and you're automatically. No one wants to yep, come in by a automatically. dumpster. That's, that's going to be, you know, that's, we don't want that to be someone's first experience with yeah, arrival. Of course. So figuring out how we move our dumpster, how we do an enclosure, how we can put plants out there, change our door at a sign. So trying to take away any barrier literally to entry to yeah. a building. And that's, but that's, I want to commend you because that takes a lot of one, it takes a lot of integrity to say, I want to maintain the standard of excellence that I have. Uh, not just to make a band-aid approach to say, oh, okay, just leave it there and just we'll just make this work. But you are fully concerned and not even just concerned. You you just value the customer and the experience from before they even get in to get to food. Huh. It's that important to make sure that your customers see how much you care about their business. And I think that speaks volumes in why revival has been such a staple place. And I think just word of mouth. And on my side, as an outsider, it's, you know, one of the most popular spots I know of to go, oh, where are we going to go to get a burger at? Yeah. Are they open? Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. What's funny is we have, ne- we've never done any advertising. Um, we believe in word of mouth and it's kind of a, our pun, right? You sh- share the gospel, share the good news. Yep. Come on. Um, if you've had a good experience, yeah. our hope is that when you're going to come back, you're going to bring your neighbor, you're going to bring your sister, Mm -hmm. um, you're going to tell someone about it and they're going to keep telling other people. And so for us, that's led to natural growth that we can track. I can physically, I see you, I know you, Melissa, um, you came once, you had a great experience and you told me you came back because of that. And now Melissa's brought someone new, that person's brought someone new. And so for us, we're all about that. 
Yeah. Now I want to, this is more of a personal question than a business approach, but from your, your heart of serving, you know, I think of there's all kinds of different styles of leadership. There's just leadership, there's servant leadership. And I think the approach that you have is really a servant leadership mentality with your team and with your customers. Where did that heart come from to serve other people? That's a great question. I don't know if I've sat long enough um, to answer that, but I'm from a big Italian family, mm-hmm. and I think there are traditional gender roles within my family, and I, I would say I don't necessarily map onto those now, but sure. growing up, the women were the ones who prepared the meals, did the dishes, and really just love taking care of people. And I know my mom is like the perfect hostess mm. and kind of grew up with that. And so for me, um, you just always want to make sure people are taken care of. And I yeah. think that first starts with yourself, with your family. And then for me, now my business. That's good. I, I've, I've come from a smaller family, but you know, my mom was the one that always cooked and she's like, you know, okay, if I call for dinner, if you're not here, you're going to miss it. And if we had a guest over, she'd always so no, we have to have we have to make sure we have enough. Yeah. And she'd always make extra because she always wanted to make sure everybody had enough food. I love that. <laughs> I know my biggest fear, especially with catering offsite, I'm like, I Do don't want to run out of food. That's <laughs> <laughs> a sin. Yeah. That's oh. great. Hey, at least you hold it to high standard where you know, okay, I don't want to be in this position. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's great. So, you know, I, what I would love to do is uh, kind of give a little bit more backstory on what the vision was when you started Revival. Okay, we're here now. The The vision of what was started and how it's grown and kind of paint us a little bit of a story and the journey of what you some some really surprising moments through that journey that really surprised you, it, whether it's about yourself and how the business grown or, oh, I did not expect it to come out this way type moments. Yes, and you may have to help me remember all of those points. But that's okay. To start us off, um, we had a different vision when we first mm-hmm. opened, um, and so during construction, we really thought that we would be kind of a fun place for like a sit down dinner, um, be a more like approachable. I wouldn't say fine dining, more casual mm-hmm. dining, but plated meals. Um, and we hired a chef, and that just didn't work out. Um, mm. Multiple reasons why I won't get into it, but about two weeks before we were supposed to open, I just had a gut feeling, and I just knew that we couldn't keep the chef. And at that point, it was like, okay, we've spent all this money on a renovation. We have all the plates. We have all the yeah. silverware, the glasses. I don't feel good about it. So we can decide. We open with this person, and I don't feel good about it, and I just rule that out. We close. We go to Dallas or Austin to find a chef. That's going to take more time. Mm. Or where we landed on, we we figure it out, and we kind of tweak our business model. And so my husband, Travis, was super supportive. And I had always loved cooking. I have no formal training. <laughs> I'm not a chef. Always correct people. Um so for two weeks, I was a mad woman and spent all the time in my kitchen coming up with salad, sandwiches, and burgers. That was wow. approachable. That was in my wheelhouse. Yeah. Um, 
And so that's what we did. So we completely altered everything. Um, and we, you know, we have all the nice plate, we have all the nice stuff and we just, we use it for catered events now, yeah. nicer plated meals. So for me, that was maybe the biggest surprise. Something I didn't mm. expect was maybe I had more, I just needed to believe in myself. And, um, yeah, I think that was a big message that I, maybe I just needed. And, it's not what the business plan was on. It's a little bit different. Right. Um, but in every way, it's greater. And Revival is more of who I am. I'm not a fancy person. Um, this is what you get, right? Whenever people right. are like, oh, we're going to take your photo. Make sure you look nice. I'm like, nope. This nope. is messy, I'm, I'm messy in the mix hair, right here. <laughs> shorts with some tomato sauce on it. Like, that's who this I am. This is the real deal. Yeah. Um, for better or for worse, yep. here I am. <laughs> take it or leave it. And so I think Revival is that right? Like it's mm. my business is kind of a reflection of me in that sense of I'm not pretentious. It is what it is. And we're pretty darn good at what we do, I think. Yeah, no. And I would agree with that. I mean, just from an outside perspective of what I've seen uh, and just how you guys are involved in the community one, but two, how you want to support the community speaks volumes. And the fact that you haven't done any advertisement to get the uh, reputation, which is vital and important in a small community uh, that's growing exponentially. Um, It's, it's, it speaks a lot about who you are, your core values, uh, the drive you have as a business owner, entrepreneur, vice versa. It, it just, it speaks by itself and, you know, actions speak louder than words. No matter what we say, if we don't deliver and follow through, then it doesn't really mean much. Now I'm a little bit more traditional. So if you tell me something, <laughs> I'm going to follow, I'm going to, I'm going to hold it to your word, yeah. but there's action that follows through with that as well. So I think that's really important. Um, why, you know, you, you said something and I want to, I want to dive into ask a goal deeper about it. Why is it so important for entrepreneurs to one, have accountability with, you know, how they do business. Uh, and in your case, you hold yourself accountable, but there's so many businesses who will try to slide by and not be accountable to say, you know what, I'm just going to let this fly this one time just so I can keep things moving. But that feeling that you had with, oh my gosh, I just don't have this feeling with the chef. I don't want you to go into detail. You don't want to go into, but I'm focusing in on that feeling that you had like, if, if you were to encourage an entrepreneur across from you, what would be that encouragement? If don't let that feeling go, stay in it and don't do something that you're not comfortable with. I think at the core of it is fear. And so mm. um, fear and money, I think, are related. But I think if you start to make exceptions here, that it just is the trickling effect of mm. more things going wrong. And you're just putting a Band-Aid on something instead of fixing it. And so I think in the situation with the chef, you know, we would have put a Band-Aid on it, would have been stuck there, would have been uncomfortable. And that's just not the type of restaurant I want to run. And I'm a direct person. I'm honest. And I I want my staff to be as well. I think that's, yes, I think that's important for all of us to take note to really challenge and apply to ourselves. It's okay. I think there's a balance of this when you say being direct and honest. I think that's something we have to learn and get comfortable doing because it doesn't come natural to a lot of people and it can be so dangerous to, um, not one, be honest about like, okay, I I just don't feel like this is the right match. But then also being afraid of when you say that you're going to hurt somebody's feelings and then say, Oh, well, I don't want to hurt the, well, 
you're going to hurt your feelings yeah. a lot longer and your lifestyle and your well-being if you continue to go through with something that's not set yeah. in you and knowing that this is, this feels right. Right. I think it's a balance of emotion and intuition and mm. planning. And so I'm someone, I'm overly rational and logical. And for me, I don't normally, I try not to rely on my emotions. Right. And so at that point, I knew it was something important because I, for me, I just like, I felt it everywhere. Yep. I felt that it was you, the wrong decision. Yeah. Well, that's so, that's really great. And thank you for sharing that. Um, what I would love to do is uh, just for the community perspective, uh, in your shoes as an entrepreneur, and I mean, even with the, the challenge you faced earlier about construction, you know, if you're, if you've ever visited Waco, <laughs> lived in Waco for any tenure, um, construction's like, you know, the new, new thing on the block. It's everywhere. You can't really get around it. It's really fun. You'll go down one street one day and then the next day it's closed. <laughs> you're just like, great. All the detours. It's like a game it almost. It really is. I'm very bad at it. Yep. Yeah. And then if you're using Google Maps, you're just like, oh, <laughs> did not know that was there. Um, what would you say, as in just to encourage another entrepreneur, business owner, whether they're in Waco or across the nation, what would your encouragement be in in just their journey that you would have from your experience and your advice? I would say spend time doing research. If that's finding someone else who's open to similar business, whether or not it's in the same or different city. Um, be overly conservative. Mm -hmm. um, so everything always costs more than it is. So over mm. budget for things. And then if you come in under, you're pleasantly surprised. Um, and just just read whatever that is. Like I read books on why and articles on why restaurants fail. And I was determined to That's do good. the opposite. And yeah. so the biggest thing of one was owning your space and not leasing it. If you have if you have that option, right? Um, for us, it was for food. I think customer service and read this story about they this r restaurant in New York and they had eggs for breakfast. For they did a breakfast service, but wouldn't let this guy put an egg on a burger. I forget what oh, it was, wow. but um, and the the customer's point was, well, you have it. Like, why can't you do it? Right. It can't be that hard. And so that's. You know, figure out what that is mm. and how to how to make people happy within reason. Yeah. Um, without making your life miserable, it's not that hard to make an egg, right? Right. So I think in terms of how how to do that for your business, figure out figure out what that is. You want people to remember how you make it right, especially when you That's mess good. up, right? That's good. Um, and that sh that should be why you do what you do. People are going to remember that. Yeah, I've, I mean, what's that phrase? It's like you have to, for every wrong, it takes 10 rights or something to that yeah. effect. Um, but if you, I think this goes back to the point we were talking about earlier about why it's important that your customers feel you valuing them by taking care of them. In the same, if something did happen, oh man, they had to come up or do this or this was wrong or a mistake was made, taking ownership and yeah. like taking like, hey we apologize that's on us you know we want to make it right yeah i think having that approach um is one the biggest factor that separates you from competition or even just other restaurants in general but it also shows how you do business with honesty and integrity and excellence across the board um so i think that speaks speaks highly as well um well, I would love for you to share any resources that you felt you felt may be helpful for anybody listening 
whether it's your social media, your website, um, or any other things that would be helpful for entrepreneurs as well. Anything you'd like to share? Yeah, I wish that Startup Waco was more of a space um, in Waco when we were getting started. I feel like they've been super supportive after, and they're a great resource. Um, And I don't know if your viewers know, but they essentially help entrepreneurs start, like help them do the research, help connect them with mentors. Um, And so I think just find someone that believes in you and is willing, Mm. willing to mentor you. And I would say that's the neat thing about Waco is is most people are supportive and really love entrepreneurs and local businesses. Um, So for us, that was, that was Nancy Grayson. And that was someone who was an open book to us Um, for other places, you know, figure out who that person is, whether it's in the same city or someone you can meet with virtually um, a joke that there needs to be a restaurant support group. Um, hey, <laughs> seriously though, there's yeah. <laughs> enough, I think there's enough restaurants in Waco that are small businesses that you could definitely spearhead something like that to where you could create a, an, a community of collaboration one, yeah. but also of just, Hey, let's just put our heads together and how can we become more united in a way yeah. to serve the community? Yeah. Well, that's, One, I absolutely love your advice about mentors and having someone that is helping you and guiding you. And I do, I think too, it's even wiser to have, you know, uh, a couple of things on your list of like, okay, they have to have at least X amount of years of experience or they, they are actively involved in the community and they have something to offer versus just saying, oh, I'm just going to go to, you know, you know, find a mentor.com yeah. <laughs> and just find somebody that's just going to give you nonchalant yeah. advice. You want someone that's, that's focused on what you want to achieve. And I think that's critical. And I think that's paid off in your regard because you've had, you know, Dr. Nancy Grayson, phenomenal woman, phenomenal community supporter, um, love everything that she does because of her heart to serve the community. It pays dividends and it affects a lot of different things. And I think that's the same thing that Revival is doing as well in the food industry and it's changing the game on how we approach taking care of our guests, taking care of our team and treating them actually like real people and valuing them with what we get to do. So, well, I'd love for you to share any social media platforms that you have that you want to give a shout out to. Sure. Um, and if you have a website, put a plug in. I'd love to yeah. give you a moment. It's our full name, Revival Eastside Eatery. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and our website's pretty simple. You guessed it, RevivalEastsideEatery.com. Awesome. Well, Danielle, thank you so much for joining us on this episode of the Matthew Talks Podcast. Look forward to having you on again in the future. And that's going to be a wrap for this episode, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Awesome. Thank you. Hey, everybody. Thank you guys for joining us for the Matthew Talks podcast. Uh, I want to encourage you to make sure that you don't forget to subscribe to our Facebook, our Instagram, or YouTube channel at Official Matthew Talks. And you can also find our website at MatthewTalks.com. And then don't forget to subscribe on any platform where you listen to your podcast so you can stay up to date. This has been a Rogue Media Podcast.